Good morning, church. Man, it is great to be back here with all of you guys this morning. I love the fact of being back with my family and worshiping, singing praises to God and celebrating life change through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Amen? Good morning to all of you who are joining us online. We love the fact that you are doing that. You matter to God, so you matter to us, and we're so thankful that you are watching online with us this morning. If you are new with us, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church, right? Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you are here today. We love the fact that you woke up and decided to come and hang with us today. My name is Rich. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here on staff, and we are celebrating you here. We hope your time with us this morning is absolutely God awesome. Um, this morning, we're stepping into a new series. You can see behind me, it's called No Regerts. No regrets. For some of you in the room, the fact there's a typo on the screen behind me is making you twitch inside. <laughs> I look at that thinking, what's the problem? You know how my brain works, right? No regrets. Actually, it's better decisions, no regrets, no regrets, obviously, is what it's supposed to say. And in this series, we're talking about decisions, making decisions in our lives. You know, um, making a decision is a huge part of our lives, or every single moment, every single day, an entire life. We make a decision after decision after decision after decision all the time. Crazy amount of decisions are made this morning before you even got here. Crazy amount of decisions were made last week. So many decisions are going to be made tomorrow as you continue moving forward in life. You know, we all make decisions all the time. I can't fathom the amount of decisions that you and I make every single day. Some, t- some we actually pay attention to. Some we just, just do, just do this happen. In fact, right now, where you are in life is based, up, based on the sum total of decisions you have made to this point. Think about that. That's just crazy. Right where you are right now is the sum total of all the decisions you have made in life up to this point this morning. Think through this. The decision you made as a student to not do your homework through the school year led you to summer school. Oh, snap. The decision that we have made to have a late night snack Every night, three times a night, come on, you know, it starts with chips and it goes to ice cream and then have sliced pepperoni at the end. I just shared my routine. That decision to have all those snacks way late at night led you to look at a number on the scale which makes you so unhappy. The decision that you made this morning hit the snooze button on your alarm led you to another decision. Do I speed to church and possibly get a ticket or do I skip my shower? We noticed. (laughs) Just joking. I don't go around smelling people. That would be weird. Do me a favor, write this down if you're taking notes. Every decision has an outcome. Every decision has an outcome, and every outcome builds the story of your life. 
I never thought of that way. Every decision has an outcome, and every outcome builds the story of your life. Simply put, every decision we make becomes part of the story that will be told of our lives. And what we have to decide is the story that's being constructed by the decisions that we are making in our lives right now is a story that we want told. If we're being honest, or at least if I'm being honest, I've never thought so deeply about the decisions I have made in my life. And because I never took the time to stop and pause and think through that, I have ended up with regrets in my life. Wishing I could go back, you know, time machine, pop back and make a different decision. And those regrets, then in some situations, not only hurt myself, but it hurt the others that I care around me too. This is one of those series that I wish someone had preached or talked to me back when I was younger. Because some decisions would have been radically different and I would have had some different outcomes in life. Ask yourself, right here, right now, this morning, think to yourself, are the decisions you are making right now in life, writing the life story that you want told? So the question becomes, how do we make decisions to write the story we want told, right? If we want something different, how do we write the story, make decisions to write the story we want told? And if you are willing to ask yourself that question of how to make decisions, if you are willing to be honest with yourself, that question of how becomes a life-changing question. And that's why we're walking through this series, this journey together. Because my desire, our desire as a church, that when it comes to making decisions in our lives, we know how to put them through the grid. Put them through the filter of truth. To walk in a life where there are no regrets. Who here would want that? Okay, that's about three of you. No regrets. And this morning, we're going to actually set the foundation for the series to do just that. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, your Bible, your Bible apps. I hope you have a Bible with you or something to read God's Word with you. Because someday I'm not going to put it on the screen. You'll be like, uh-oh. John, 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, starting at verse 3. John, the author of this letter, left all that he knew to follow Jesus. He walked with Jesus, he ministered with Jesus for three years, and he saw firsthand what Jesus was doing, right? the miracles that Jesus performed, the wonders that he did. He witnessed Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He was all about Jesus. He was in inner circle with Jesus, and he, he knew full well what it meant to follow Jesus. And what John is doing in the book of 1 John, he's writing to a group of people who said, well, they also decided to follow Jesus. And he's helping them in their journey as they write the story of their lives. 
So if you have your Bibles open, 1 John chapter 2, we're starting at verse 3. We all know, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Let's just stop right there. John steps into this conversation with this idea that all of us who claim to follow Jesus know that there are decisions in our lives that we should make, and there are things in our lives that we have commanded to do. If you pick up the Bible and you start reading through the Scripture, God's Word, there are some very simply crazy clear things that God tells us is what we're supposed to do, and this is how we're to live. Think through this, he says, okay, uh, he's very clear about lying, stealing, immorality, coveting, murder, just to name a few, God's really clear about those things. And as I read these first verses from John, And when it comes to making decisions in our life, there are certain things that we shouldn't even question to do or decide how to live. I think if John was here, right here, right now, he'd ask us this question. Do you want to look like Jesus? Do you, who say you follow him, do you want to look like Jesus? And I get it, that's, a, that's an extremely pointed question. Do you want to look like Jesus? This almost seems like it's a trap question you've asked me. You know, like, I'm not stepping in that trap. And the question actually might seem like it might not fit in the context of this series, but this is church, right? Okay, yes, the answer was yes. Just to you know, we're at vertical church. In case you took the wrong turn in Albuquerque, you ended up here, right? vertical church. So Jesus is a great place for you and I to start, if you ask me. Now, I listen, I also know that there's some in this room or some who are watching online that wouldn't know how to answer that question because you are still searching and learning and thinking about all things God and Jesus and searching for yourself. That's okay. In fact, I love that you were here with us this morning. I love that you're hearing the truth of God's word and how much he loves you. Continue searching, continue asking. God will reveal himself. But for the rest of us, the rest of us in this room who are watching online, who have said yes to Jesus, the answer to this question should be the bread and butter of our lives. Do you want to look like Jesus? Why? Because that's our goal. That's God's desire for us to look more like Jesus and less like the world. It's proof that we are living in him, that we look more like him. And the longer we walk with him, the more we should look like him. Because that's how we bring God honor and glory. Look at this. 
Look about a, a Paul, who's another follower of Jesus, as he writes to the church, all consumed by the world in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In fact, I started thinking about this, praying through this morning. You know, Paul and John and Peter, these guys are writing letters to different churches and situations, and I'd wonder what God would write to the church today. See, there's things going on in these churches that God wanted to correct, and he used his Holy Spirit to speak through people to write things down, to put letters in front of them saying, no, 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 no. This is what it looks like to follow me. I wonder what God would write to his churches today. Come on. Anyways, that was just something different. 1 Corinthians 11, look what Paul is saying. Look what he's saying. Chapter 11, verse 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul is saying, follow me, my example. In fact, a better translation of the Greek word there would be imitate. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate, follow. We're kids. We grew up playing some games, learning how to do just that. Remember the first time you played follow the leader? No? Did anybody, you did not play follow the leader growing up? Thank you, Tim, in the back. Follow the leader. Everybody get in line. Oh, I want to be the leader. And you're going down and you're wishing that kid would stop doing these kind of things. Right? Follow the leader. You learn how to follow who was in front of you. That's a disciple. That is someone who's following Jesus. They follow his lead. Then you go back to say, obey what he commands. Whose place? Simon says. Right? Simon says. Simon says, put your hands on your head. Put your hands on your head. Oh, you didn't say Simon says. Whoopsies. Right? So we know what it's like. We've learned it since we were kids. We just need to take it back and put it into a relationship with Jesus. Follow the leader. Do what our leader commands. And our leader, his name is Jesus Christ. And here's what I love about this. God doesn't call us to do something or be someone without giving us a way to achieve it. Let me just say that again. God doesn't call us to do something or to be someone without giving us a way to achieve it. He doesn't say, listen, listen, live like Christ and go figure it out on your own. No, no, no. He sent his own son as an example, and he gave us his word as a life manual. Live like Jesus. Galatians, another letter written by Paul to another church that was all squirreling things up. Chapter 5, verse 22, verse 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This fruit of the Spirit that Paul is talking about is evidence of Christ working in and through our lives, changing us. Changing us to look more like Jesus. The Spirit of God residing in us. We're going to talk about that next week. I told you this morning, 
right in the beginning. This is going to be a foundational conversation. And the foundation starts with a question. Do you want to look like Jesus? Okay, all right, let's just step back here. Maybe John doesn't, you know, like, ooh, John, whatever. Maybe Paul, you're like, ooh, it's just Paul. Okay, what about Jesus? Maybe those guys didn't impress you, but what about Jesus? Jesus shares a little story back in Matthew 7 of a wise man and a foolish builder. And it's all about setting the foundation for life. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Who is the rock that Jesus is talking about? Just shoot it out. Who's the rock? Jesus. Those of you who have been in church a little while, there's a song on Christ, the solid rock I stand. Other ground is... Yeah, I wasn't going to sing it. (laughs) Jesus, the firm foundation, building a life on the one to be like the one. And if our goal is to honor God, and to look like Jesus. And we want to write a story of our lives that we would want told that leads us to the second question we need to ask ourselves, and it's this. Do the choices we make reflect that? Do the choices we make reflect that? Oh, come on, Rich. Go back on vacation, would you? Seriously. Follow me on this. Follow me. If we want to write this story of our lives, we're excited to be told, it starts with decisions that we're making right now. And decisions we're making right now reflect what we are truly passionate about. And according to John, if we say that we're in him, in Jesus, then our lives better look like him. And in order for our lives to look like him, the decisions need to be made, need to reflect it. Are you with me? Better decisions, no regerts, starts with obeying God's commands. And we find them in this little book called the Bible. How God has called his creation to live. If you're thinking through right now, there are some decisions in your life that need changing and you're looking to make some change in your life, write the story that you're proud of that gives God glory and honor. It starts by opening this book. Too many people, those who don't have a relationship with Jesus and those who do have a relationship with Jesus. Too many people think that God is a control freak. No, no, friends. God is not a control freak. He is a love freak. Come on. He loved you so much, he sent his son to die in your place. And when we read Scripture, we open up and have a conversation with God. When God says don't, what he's really saying, don't hurt yourself. 
Because he knows the decisions you're going to make. They're outside of his will for your life. His love for your life will only bring you a, a ton of pain, a necessary pathway of, of disaster, and a heartache of regret. Friends, God doesn't want to shame you. He wants what's best for you. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declare the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So when it comes to making decisions... Who has the better insight to what's best for your life? You or God? Who knows what's best for your life? You or God? That's right. Do the decisions you're making in your life right now reflect that? It's amazing what the Word of God can do in your life and for your life if you just let it. There's a phrase I use in my life all the time. I've used it for years. And it's good information helps make good decisions. Good information helps make good decisions. I refuse to make important decisions on a whim or very little to go on, go on in life. Because when I have, the outcomes have been wrong. I've been extremely frustrated. And I've had been filled with regret. So when it comes to my life, when it comes to the, the life and leadership of my family, when it comes to the life and leadership of this church, the decisions are too important for me not to seek the greatest information possible to make the best possible decisions. And guess where I find it? Right here. But you know what blows my mind? Countless conversations over the years with people that I'm walking with that say, man, I just wish my life was different. I can't believe I'm walking through this. They want a life of no regrets refuse to take the time to draw near to the one who leads them to the best life by reading the words of life. Again, foundation. Say that with me. Foundation. Again, foundation. That's what we're building today. Let me just put, the, let me just put this out there real quick. Uh, let's walk through some few examples of how this plays out. If we're wondering, if we're wondering if cursing or swearing or telling coarse jokes or even a little bit in our lives is a good decision for our life, God speaks to that. He speaks to that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says, you see it on the screen, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Don't let that junk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs may it benefit those who listen. And if you want to jump into chapter 5, verse, the first four verses get a little bit more convicting. 
last year, around Thanksgiving time, our family took off and we were heading down to Georgia to spend Thanksgiving with some family. And we're on our way and we stopped into this, I don't know, Taj Mahal convenience store gas station thing. It was, it was absolutely crazy. You pull in and they have like 145,000 pumps and this amazing building. You walk in, it's like a craft store. It's actually a man's nightmare to go in there with his wife because you know the men want to make up time. It ain't happened when you walk into this store. It was absolutely awesome. For me, right in the center, it was like heaven came down. There was three massive hot dog rollers. I was like, oh, right? Um, and Steph and the boys were looking at, crack, looking at crafts and all that kind of stuff. And I can remember this, and I remember very clear. Um, this has nothing to do with what I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyways. It was, um, it was in Butts County. B-U-T-T-S, Butts County. And there was a Dunkin' Donuts right inside of this place, and it says... Butts County runs on Duncan. Butts run on Duncan. I have a picture. I'll post it later. Um, it made me laugh. Butts run on Duncan. Um, so anyways, we're walking around looking at all this kind of stuff. And they had, and it had all of these things. You could be in there for days. And I walked by and this had this little spinny rack of socks. I was like, why are you selling socks? So I started looking at these socks. And I saw these pair of socks. And it said, I heart Jesus. I was like, I think I might even get those. And I picked them up, and I flipped them around on the bottom of the foot where you wouldn't see unless you had your foot up in the air. It says, but I swear a little. I love Jesus, but I swear a little. If we're wondering... If God really wants us to, to move in with our boyfriend or girlfriend or have sex before marriage, God has already spoken to us about that. He's answered this question too. He says in Hebrews 13, 4, he says on the screen, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed be kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and the sexual immoral. Plain and simple, wait till you're married. If we're wondering how to entertain ourselves and what's acceptable to watch or to read or to consume in our life, the Bible talks about that too. Philippians 4, chapter 8, he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything is excellence, if there's anything of praise worthy of praise, think of these things. Is what we're watching, is what we're entertaining ourselves, pure, honorable, commendable, worthy of praise. And friends, I just took three hot topics, cultural clashes of the world and the church. Three. And it got silent. Rich, go back on vacation. You may say, I don't know all the commands of God, and that's okay. That's why we encourage you to be here each week. Because each week we're going to open up this book and have a conversation with God about what He says is the best life for us. And start choosing and deciding to live His Word out. Not just know it. Man, the church is filled with a bunch of Christian bobbleheads. 
people who know a lot of Jesus. Bobblehead, you with me on that? But they don't live a lot of Jesus. That's why I challenge you each week to come, to have your Bible in hand, a copy of his words, to take notes, to highlight, to underline. Mark up your Bibles and let your Bibles mark up your life. John is simply asking us to be honest with ourselves and look at our choices. Do the choices we make reflect our desire to follow and look like Jesus? And the last question this morning, if our lives are not telling the story we want to be told, if decisions we're making are not reflecting that we are following or becoming like Jesus, Last question is this, will we do what he takes to change it? Will we do what it takes to change it? If we desire, we desire to have life with no regrets, better decisions, will we do what it takes, what it needs to be changed in our life to get there? I told you every single day we're making tons of decisions. And I just gave you one more to when you walk out those doors and enter real life to make. Will you do what it takes? How many of you remember this, this phrase, WWJD? Show me. Yeah. WWJD. I used, when this came out, I'm going to be... <laughs> when this came out, I was like, man, this is corny. This is just goofy. The church is putting this out there. They're over-commercializing. Like, church does a lot of different things, like the cult around Chick-fil-A, right? We got T-shirts. We got bracelets, WWJD. And then what this phrase means is simply, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And the longer I've walked with Jesus, the more genius I think this phrase is. The ones what I thought was corny and over-commercialized is actually genius. Looking back to that verse, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. It becomes very clear that this question, this phrase, has the power to transform our lives. What would Jesus do? So when we come to this place, when we're faced to make a decision, and we're not sure what we should do, ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this situation when your kids are driving you nuts and you want to explode and toss them in the closet? What would Jesus do when your neighbor's driving you crazy because their dog comes over and poops on your yard? What would Jesus do if you're in the office and this person's always constantly complaining? What would Jesus do if your, your spouse is driving you nuts and you just want a little peace and quiet? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? It's genius. I don't know who made that up, but golf clap. See, Jesus was all about bringing honor and glory to God the Father. And we start asking ourselves that question, what would Jesus do? 
our lives will be start bringing God sorts, all sorts of honor and glory. Are decisions we making bringing honor and glory to Him, or they bring honor and glory to self? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And guess what? If you ask that question and you don't have the answer, pick up this book. Start reading. See what God would want you to do. And even if you start going through it, man, God's word is awesome, but sometimes it's confusing. Go to someone you know. Go to someone you trust. That you know have a God, has a godly life. And ask them. I'm like, I am trying to figure out what Jesus would do. Would you help me? And don't stop until you find the answer. If you want a life with no regrets, don't stop searching and seeking the answer to what would Jesus would do. Because if you stop short, you're going to make a decision that Jesus wouldn't want you to do. And that's what God doesn't want for your life. He has a life of so much more. All it takes is our wholeheartedly pursuing Him. Setting the foundation. The foundation starts with Jesus. So this week, I want you to commit. When you come up to decisions, when you come to frustrations, when you get that nasty text, ask yourself, before you do anything, what would Jesus do? And commit to come back the rest of the series. And let's, as a church, start building a life that has no regrets. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace in our life. Lord, we're so thankful for Jesus. Because if you didn't send your son and he didn't live the perfect life, he didn't die on the cross for our sins, and if he didn't conquer the grave, man, we are still lost. But because we believe that is true, that you sent an example for us as your children to follow. You gave us a word to read and to follow. God, help us do just that. Man, I've had a ton of regrets in my life, Lord. Decisions that I made that I didn't seek you. And I know that I'm not alone with my church, my family. We all have done just that. So I pray that God, through this series, you will show us, expose our eyes to the truth of your word, to what you call us to, use other people, and help us start making good godly decisions. Good godly decisions, good godly information helps make good godly decisions. And let our, our lives not only be regret-free, but be lives that bring you glory. And right now, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come up. 
If you're in this room and, man, you have something right there that I, I had a nerve this morning that you need to let go or need help, you need to seek, what would Jesus do? Come forward. We want to pray with you. We want to pray over you. If you're in this room and you're like, okay, I really need this Jesus in my life. I don't know what it looks like. Come forward. We want to talk to you what it means to surrender your life to Jesus Christ to make him the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you just got a hardship that you're walking through. He's saying about you need a breakthrough in your life. You need someone to step in. You just need to be lifted up in prayer. Come forward. Maybe you have a decision facing you right as you step out those doors and you have no clue what to do. Come forward. Let's have a conversation. Let's pray over you. Let's seek his word make the best decision you can make. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing me to be back with my family. This is your church. May you be glorified. In your son's name I pray. Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.